I am so thankful that I am privileged to be in the house of God, and it is becoming less and less important to a lot of people, and that is a tragedy, but I'm glad that you're here, and I certainly want to make your time here worthwhile. I will be honest with you, uh, I, I probably put more uh, seeking and searching and diligence into a Wednesday night service than I do any other service. And I just, I say that because it would be so easy to come in here and just throw something out and, and not worry about whether it was important or relevant or whatever. And I, there's probably no service that I seek the Lord over more than a Wednesday night Bible study time. And so I'm thankful that you're here. And I do believe the Lord has talked to me a little bit. Sometimes it uh, doesn't seem like he does, but I feel like he has a little bit. Uh, and so I want to share that with you. The 34th chapter of the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 34, and I am going to read beginning in verse number 1 down through verse number 6. And if you have time, you ought to go ahead and read the rest of the chapter. Not while I'm preaching, but somewhere later on. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and read down to verse number 8, Brother Kenneth. I, I'm going to put a, a couple of more on there. So let's begin in verse number 1 of the 34th Psalm. Psalmist David wrote this, and he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, praise the Lord as being great and powerful is what he meant. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angels of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Now I want you to keep that word very close to you for a few moments because when I tell you the background of this psalm, I think it will have a, a new meaning to you. And I want to do that. But I, I want us just to take a moment and let's just pray. God, capture our minds and our thoughts and our hearts tonight and let the word of God do something in this place, Lord, that will transform, that will lift the burden and will help strengthen us all, God, in a special way. 
And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight for a few moments about a decision that will alter any day. A decision that will alter any day. Before service tonight, I was praying in the office and trying to feel after the Lord and the direction that God wanted for this service tonight. And God impressed, as I was praying, four things uh, on me that I, I, I just, when, I, when the Lord began to speak them to me, I, it, it broke something in me. God, as I was praying, God uh, Im, impressed upon me that He knows about our problems. He knows about all of the problems in our life. How many of you have a problem in your life? Amen. God knows that. And He is concerned about the problems in our life. Not only is He concerned and does He know about the problems in our life, but He knows about our perplexities, the things that we are distraught over. We don't know what to do. And Perhaps some of us, there are decisions that need to be made and direction that needs to be chosen and, and, and trying to determine which road to take is so important. It's so critical. And God said, I know your perplexities. I know the things that are worrying you today. I know the things that are troubling your mind. I know the things that you lay awake at night and worry over. God said, I know your perplexities. And then as I continue to pray, he said, I also know your pains. I know what's hurting you right now. I know what's disappointing you. I know what has let you down. I know what has brought tears to your eyes. I know what has caused your knees to buckle. I, I know what it is that is hurting you even now. And then he said, I also know your perceptions. I know how you look at things. I know how you view things. And if, it was, if there was anything that God really began to dwell on, he said, if there's anything I can do tonight, I want to change your perception. I want to change your perspective. I want to give you and I want to give my people something that they can hold on to and something that they can take home with them that will not leave them and will never forsake them. It is that word that we sang about a little while ago. Now let's go to the Psalm, the 34th Psalm. All of us know the story of David David was the young man who in his early years had slain the bear and the lion while watching his father's sheep. He is also the young lad who came into the camp of Israel when a giant by the name of Goliath was defying the armies of Israel. All of us know the Sunday school story of how young boy uh, took five smooth stones and went out to do battle with this giant of a man that most 
uh, scholars say, probably measured between nine and a half and ten and a half feet tall. Here's just a lad of a boy. The, 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 the shield and all of the artillery that Goliath had was the weight of it probably weighed more than, than David did dripping wet. And yet here he is in the midst of battle. And before Goliath can really get out, he is slander against David. David has let go a rock and it has found its lodging place. And before the Philistines could even jump up and rejoice that Goliath was going to take down this little boy, David had him on the ground and was cutting his head off. And man, then the celebration started. They rejoiced. They sang his praises. Saul wanted to know where he was. Saul brought him in, elevated him, gave him all the things that he had promised him. And brought him into the town. And as they came into town, the people began to chant and cry, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his ten thousands. And all of a sudden, the smile comes off the face of Saul. And he looks at that little boy and he thinks, Who do you think you are? taking the glory that ought to be coming to me. And, and you know, if you know anything about the story, you know that there came between David and Saul an animosity. Though David was called in to be a minstrel, David was brought into Saul's life at that particular time because the presence of God had departed from Saul because of his disobedience. And so when that... Spirit would come over Saul and he would become depressed and he would become fearful. David would come in with the harp and he would begin to play and sing. And the Bible said that that spirit would leave Saul and he would be comforted. And so David did this over and over again. But every time he came in, Saul was reminded that David has slain his ten thousands. And so the scripture details a an attempt by Saul to kill him. One time while David was singing and strumming the harp and trying to soothe the spirit of Saul, he picks up a javelin and he throws it at David trying to take his life. Not only once, but twice and perhaps even a third time. He went after him until finally David got to the place that he realized, I can't stay around here. And so David, without consulting with God, without inquiring of the Lord what he should do, David took off. He just started running for his life. And the Bible said he ran to Nob, to where the tabernacle was, and he went in to Ahimelech, the priest, and he inquired, but in the process of all of that, he lied about the situation. And you, if you read the story, you know he goes in and he lies to him like the priest and he tells him things so that he can get some bread to eat and he can get a sword. And he leaves there and when he leaves that tabernacle, he is trying to figure out where am I going to go? And so he determines that he is going to go to Gath, which is the city of the Philistine. It's the home of the people 
of whom he had killed their champion. And he decides, I'm going to go there and see if I can't find safety and protection. And so when he goes to Gath, immediately they began to recognize who he was. And before he could turn around, they had put handcuffs on him and put him in jail. David was now in serious trouble. And all of a sudden it began to dawn on David what kind of trouble he was in. He had gotten kind of heady and high-minded as sometimes we do. And he had taken things into his own hands and without consulting with the Lord, without asking the Lord what he should do, he just took off. He lied. His lies caused the death of Ahimelech. Saul sent his henchmen and killed Ahimelech and his family. And all of this was on David's mind. He realizes what he has gotten himself into. And David at that point begins to pray that God would deliver him. This is where the birth of the 34th Psalm came from. It was birthed in the experience that David had at Gath. And so the Bible says that David realized that if something didn't change, he was as good as dead. And so he started acting like a madman, drooling out of the side of his mouth and, and, and acting really bizarre. And when the king came in and saw him, he so despised what he saw. He said, I, I'm not going to take the, the, the life of a madman. And so they released David from this prison in Gath and David flees from there and it was then that he goes to the cave of Adullam, his hiding place. And the Bible said it was there that people began to resort to him and all the outcasts and the misfits, they all came to that cave in Adullam and they became David's army, the mighty men of David, the 600 that came to become warriors with David. Now I said all that to say this. After he had been through this experience, after he had gone through all of that, he looked back over his life and he realized what God had done for him and what God had protected him from. And so he begins to write this psalm out of his experience. And what is so important is what he said in the introduction of the psalm. It is so important that you understand that David's statement, I will bless the Lord at all times. You have to understand the context within which that verse was framed. It was not framed on the French Riviera. It was not framed on the streets of New York City. It was framed under the intense pressure of certain death and dying. And when David looked back and realized how good God had been to him, he said, you know what? I made up my mind from this day forward. I don't care what happens in my life. I don't care what comes to my life. I don't care what situations arise in my life. No matter what happens to me, I will make this choice. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm talking about a decision that can alter any day. No matter how bad the day is, 
no matter how hard the circumstances are, no matter how bizarre it may seem, no matter how difficult it is, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. What an effective antidote to the poisons that often come into our lives when we find ourselves in situations that are uncomfortable and painful and disappointing and hurtful and we find ourselves wrestling with things poor choices and poor decisions that we have made how easy it is for a poison of, of disbelief or the poison of depression or the poison of doubt to come in and affect our body, our mind, our spirit. How easy it is for the poison of despair to overwhelm us. But when David got out of the hands of Gath or, or out of the place of Gath, he realized how good God had been to him. And he said, you know what? From this day forward, this is going to be my motto. This is going to be what I live by every day. No matter what happened, no matter what happened, no matter what happened, no matter what happened, no matter where I find myself, no matter what is against me, no matter who doesn't like me, no matter who doesn't want me in their presence, no matter who is against me, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name Together, David said, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord and he heard me. David realized that the Lord had been there all the time. But he said, I also realized that when I began to seek him, he came nearer to me. He was more real to me. You know that God is omniscient. He is everywhere at all time. That means whether you're praising him or not, whether you even recognize him or not, he's all around you anyway. But it's not until you respond to that. It's not until you realize. It's not until you seek him that he becomes so real to you and he becomes so powerful and David said I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears do you understand who it is that just made that statement we're talking about the man who had slain lions and bears and giants but now he realized he was in a pickle he was in a fix of his own making and he was afraid for his very life. But he said, when I begin to seek the Lord, when I begin to feel after God, when I begin to pray, the Lord heard me. I sought the Lord and he heard my cry and he delivered me from all my fears. My, what a powerful promise 
to know that if we will seek him, he will deliver us from all our fears. All our fears. And you know what? There's not a person in this building that doesn't wrestle with fear of some kind in your life. All of us have fear. Some of us have fear of failure. Some of us have fear of making wrong choices. And you know what I've learned? That when you operate from a position of fear, you will always make a mistake. You'll never get it right. When you hesitate, you always get in trouble. And that's what fear causes you to do is hesitate. It'll get you run over. I mean, you either have to make a decision to turn or not turn. But you can't just get out in the middle of the lane and say, oh, well, what, what am I going to do here? You either got to put the, gap, the pedal to the metal and make the turn or you better stay where you are. But indecision, that's what fear brings to us is indecision. Instead of us coming into the house of God and lifting our hands and worshiping Him as we ought to, we come in mumbling and with our head down and our heart filled with heaviness because we are overwhelmed with fear and we all have them. But David said, when I sought the Lord, he delivered me from all my fears. All my fears. The ones that he talked about and the ones he never talked about. Now there's things that we all fear that we're not afraid to mention to one another. But there's some fears that are personal to us that we don't want anybody to know about. David said, when I began to seek the Lord, when I began to really go after, when I became conscious that I needed Him, like the song said, I'm desperate for you, God. I, I, I'm not just hungry. I'm desperate for you. I, I don't want to go another day. I need you. I know I made a mistake. I know I got ahead of you. I know I didn't pray earlier. I know I didn't seek your counsel. But God, right now I realize how desperately I need you. And when he began to seek God, God freed him from all of those fears. Can you imagine a life that is free from fear? Whew. And David said, he hath delivered me from all my fears. What does that mean? It means that those fears could not lay hold of him and control him and manipulate. It doesn't mean the fear didn't come. It just means that the fear couldn't take hold of him. It didn't find a place in him. It couldn't find a door open to get in. And it had to go on. Every time they knocked on the door, faith came to the door and said, no, not today. Every time that fear cropped up its head and poked its head in the window God put his hand down and said not in this house God said this house is my house that's what we need tonight we need a presence of God in our life that will deliver us from all our fears praise God deliver us from all our fears I sought the Lord and he heard me then in verse 5 he said they looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. They looked unto him. David realized evidently that something had happened from that shepherd boy that had been out in the field and depending on God and 
and his presence to help him. Somehow, David had gotten away from that spirit that covered him up. And when that lion came out, he went against that lion in the name of the Lord. Go read the scripture. He went against that lion. He said the Lord delivered him. And then when he came to Goliath, he didn't go out there boasting, I'm the best slingshot in town and I, I can hit a, I can hit a bullseye from a hundred yards. He came across the brook and he started swinging that and he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. But somewhere between that experience and where he was at this point in his life, he realized that the focus of his life had shifted away from his dependence on God and he had begun to depend on himself and on man and what man could do for him. And when he came to Ahimelech, the priest, he said, what do you have here? He said, I have Goliath's sword. He said, that's what I want. I want Goliath's sword. And he's got Goliath's sword in his hand right now in the cave of Adullam. And he's looking and he said, you fool, you've been trusted in this thing right here when all the time God is the one you ought to be looking to. God is the one you ought to be leaning on. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight, you better quit looking at what you have. You better quit looking at what you've got in your hand. You better stop counting your sheep because it is the hand of God that's going to deliver you. Not the sword of a man or the sword of Goliath, but the hand of God is going to deliver you. Praise God. He said, and he hath delivered them. He has lightened the load. He he said because we looked to him, all of a sudden David realized that he had turned his look away from God. What are we really looking at tonight? What are what are we really focused on? What has our attention? Economy? A, an election? You know what I read the other day? I'm going to read it to you. I, I read a, a, a sermon the other day that was preached in 1845. And I promise you that when I start reading this paragraph, you will swear up and down, if you could swear, that he, was, he is a modern-day preacher. When I started reading, I thought, my Lord, they had those same kind of problems back then. You know what? Nothing's new under the sun. There's always, somebody said, oh, it's never been this bad. Hey, folks, it's always been this bad. Oh, somebody said not long ago, man, the devil is really attacking our families. Tell me, pray tell, when the devil has not been attacking our families. When has he not been against us? He's always been against us. But we get to thinking that our times are unique and we got to come up with a special answer. I'm telling you the answer tonight is we better start looking to Him. We better start turning our eyes toward Him. We better start focusing our attention on Him. And we better start depending on Him if we want to see it through to the end. Amen. And it's interesting to note what happened at that point when David made this decision that changed the day. A, a decision that altered his day. He said, I will bless the Lord at all time. He said, I sought the Lord. And he said, I looked to him. When he, when he said all of that, all of a sudden something lifted off of David. 
And David began to feel a presence and a liberty. In verse number 6, he said, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him. And the word saved in the Hebrews is delivered. The Lord delivered him out of all his troubles. He said, the Lord has liberated me. You see, when you, when you determine, when you decide that you're going to, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what happens to you, no matter what happens in your life, no matter how things go or they don't go, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And when you seek the Lord and when you look to the Lord, the Lord said, I'm going to liberate you. I'm going to take the shackles off of you. I'm going to give you some freedom to dance. I'm going to give you some freedom to breathe and rejoice. I'm going to give you some liberty to stand and shout the victory. I'm going to give you some room. That's what God said I'm going to do. I'm going to give you some room. You know, some of us need some room. Amen. You know what? Every once in a while, you need to just nudge somebody beside you and say, you know what? You better give me some room because I'm about to bust. <laughs> I'm about to break out in, in rejoicing. Why? Because I have blessed the Lord and I have sought the Lord and I have looked to the Lord. And when you do those three things, there's a liberation, there's a liberty that's going to come. And all of a sudden, when he was liberated, when his mind was freed, when his eyes were open, when his heart was turned, he began to realize God has been protecting me all the time. The angels of the Lord encamp round about me. The angels of the Lord in camp, they're everywhere around me. I don't see them, but they're there. Invisible presence, but still there. He said the angels of the Lord. Turn to, to the next verse, verse 7. The angels of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him and delivereth them. Praise God. There's a presence. There's, there's a protection. A protective power. He realized that God was the protector of his life and his soul. And whether he was raised to the throne or he was put down in the dungeon, whatever God chose to do, he was the deliverer and he was in charge. And he said, I realize God is my protector. Amen. Tell you what, if some of us could realize that, it would help some of us get off of our macho trips. Amen. God is my protector. And then in verse number 8, and he said, Oh, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye His saints, for there is no want to them that fear Him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. He said, God is going to provide for me. Amen. Underline those last five words. Not want any good thing. Amen. 
and to think it all started with a decision. A decision that altered his day. It'll alter any day. It'll alter any situation. When you determine in your life, no matter what happens, no matter what transpires, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When my kids were little, we were traveling down the road. I wasn't even conscious of it, but many times we pulled our travel trailer all over the United States. I never had an accident. I think we had one flat tire in 17 years of pulling, and we pulled all over place, pulled all night long, pulled it at 70 miles an hour, 75 miles an hour. I'm talking about when you had no fear, you know. <laughs> And you think you're invincible. And God kept his hand on us. He protected us. He kept us. In, even in our ignorance. And that's what is so amazing. David realized that even in his own ignorance. Even in his own pride and arrogance. When he didn't even consult with God. About what he ought to do about Saul. And started running for his life. Even when he was filled with his own stinking pride. God protected him. And God provided. God made a way. Some way or other, the Lord will provide. I remember going down the road and, and I guess just conscious of the danger, conscious of my kids in, in the car and conscious of my wife. I would say, oh, thank you, Jesus. And my kids would look up saying, what, Dad, something wrong? No, there's nothing wrong. Oh, God. I, many times I would just say, oh, God. Daddy, some, you, you all right? I'm fine. What's wrong? Well, I don't know that you would understand what I'm feeling inside, but I'm just realizing how good God, God has been our provider. He's, he's been our provider. I'm talking about more times than I want to mention He has been my provider. He's taken care of me when I couldn't take care of myself. That's an awesome God. It's an awesome God. And to realize it all came about because David decided that he was going to bless the Lord at all times. That's what triggered it. That's what started everything moving. That's what got the ball rolling. And when he began to bless the Lord at all times, he began to really seek after God. He realized how much he needed him, how much he depended on him. And he realized how little he had actually been seeking him. You know what really disturbs me about the day in which we live? And I'm not saying this meanly or sarcastically, but how, how little the church, we actually seek after the Lord. How much we actually seek after him earnestly. God, I need direction. I don't mean just a casual combine and a kiss and go. I'm not talking about a, uh, you know, just a, a passing 
thing, but I'm talking about a lingering in the presence of God. I'm talking about waiting on the Lord. We're too busy for all that. We just have these nighttime prayers that we pray, God, take care of this. And when God does it, we get mad at God. But David said, hey, I had to spend, I had to slow down. I started seeking God. I, I spent time with him. It doesn't mean God was lost, but I was lost to where God was at. And I began to seek after God. God, are you really here? Are, I need you here. I, I want you to know that. I, I don't want you to think that I can do it on my own. I, and when he began to seek after the Lord, then he realized he hadn't been looking for the Lord. He hadn't even been depending on the Lord. He'd been leaning on his own understanding. and He had been de- relying upon him, his own self. And when he got to that place, he realized, God, you are my only hope. And then the blessing started flowing. Liberty, liberty. He, he was free. God set him loose. He freed him from fears. He freed him from despair. He protected him. He provided for him. And it all started with a decision. A decision that I'm going to be a worshiper no matter what happens. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise is going to be in my mouth all. I'm telling you, folks, it will alter any day. It'll change any situation if you'll just stop and start praising God. You'll stop and start thinking about the goodness of God. It'll stop arguments. (laughs) Woo! Praise God. I better shut up. I'm starting to meddle right now. God knows about our problems. He knows about our perplexities. He knows about our pains. And He knows about our perception. And He said, what I need to really work on is your perception. I need to get you to look at things a little differently. Let's stand to our feet.